evening, everyone. Let's all stand together. We're going to lift up our voices as we sing, What a Mighty God We Serve, and then Blessed Assurance. <laughs> Let's all stand. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we come, as we gather together, and Lord, as we look into your word tonight, I pray that it would be your spirit that ministers to our hearts. Help us in every way to honor you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. And let's continue in singing, let the nations be glad, and then when we all get to heaven. Oh 
and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation. But I also would like you to go ahead and take and turn with me over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which is a great text that reminds us of the Lord's coming back and catching us up to meet him in the air. So this text, the two texts that I'm taking you to right now, are texts that remind us of things of the future. Now, the future could be in the next 30 seconds, couldn't it? Because we're not there yet. Or it could be the next 30 years or the next 300 years. We can't tell what the timeline of the future is. But one of the marvelous and wonderful things about the Bible is that it gives us a vision for the future, promises for the future, and hope for the future. And as we look in the world we live in today, as we look at the circumstances of the world that we live in today, we see so many things that make us go to the Bible and contemplate and consider the times we live in and how fast we're marching towards what the Bible calls end times. And when I think about end times and I think about all that's coming, I like to remember that you and I will be there. And that's what's so amazing. When we start talking about end times and we start talking about future events, when we start talking about revelation teachings, it's amazing to think to ourselves, we will be there. Because whether it happens in the next 30 seconds that we're caught up to be with him forevermore, we're going to be there with him through all the events that are laid ahead. Or whether it be that we live a long life and at 90 or 95 or Zach 110, whatever it may be, uh, you know, even if we live a long life and pass naturally, we're still going to be there when we read the book of Revelation and all that is there. And that to me is exciting because I'm reading events that we will be participating in when that time comes. We'll see these things, either we'll be involved in them or we'll see them happen. For instance, the rapture itself. Either either we will be involved in it in our lifetime or we will be part of that heavenly host that will see it unfold as all that stuff marches towards the end of time. So tonight, I just want to share with you some pretty exciting things that we see in the Bible. I'm going to start with simply reading to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 down through the first part of chapter 5. But listen as we read this text. Listen as you think about yourself being involved in it. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
And with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So now either we'll be a part of that by being hearing the trump and going ahead and being caught up to be with him, or we're going to be part of that, the, the dead in Christ are in the grave and our body is going to be, bam, resurrected to meet our soul in the air. Either way, we're a part of this event that's taking place right here. Verse 17, it says, Then which we are alive and remain, maybe us, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light, and the children of the day. We're not of the night, nor of darkness. You and I are fully aware. We can see and understand that God has a plan, and that his plan lays ahead for us, and that we are going to be a part of that plan. So whether the trump sounds right in the next three seconds and we're caught up to be with him, we should not be taken by surprise because he's told us it's coming. We're just going to enjoy the ride. Or whether we live a long, long, long happy life and we pass away in our golden years and our body is in the grave, our soul is with the Lord forevermore, but we're going to be part of that looking at, bam, our body resurrects out of the grave, meets our soul. Isn't that going to be amazing? Incorruptible, everlasting, how that miracle happens, we're going to be there to find out. When we come to Revelation chapter 5, we come to a very interesting text because we're coming to where decisions are going to be made. Eternal, heavenly, end-time decisions. And what we find is John the Beloved looking into heaven and he sees the throne of God and there's God sitting upon the throne and beside him is a book. And in order for the next parts of eternity, the end times to unfold, somebody's got to open the book. And it tells us that a powerful angel steps up and takes the book and holds it up. And let's see what's... John's getting ready to see what someday you and I will see. Someday we're going to see this happen. And you're going you're gonna to reach over and you're going to elbow, you know, John will reach over. He'll probably be hanging out with Hannah. Who knows? Who knows in heaven we're not married. You know, he'll be hanging out. And he said, Hannah, look at, look at that. Remember Pastor Taylor preaching about that back 4,000 years ago? You remember that? But listen, as I read it to you, Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 down through 12. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel 
proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? So you find this angel proclaiming this into the heavens themselves. He's saying, who is worthy? So just visualize this powerful angel standing right there beside the throne of God. He's picked this up and he's calling out, who? Who is worthy? And no man in heaven, nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book neither even to look therein. And I wept. John says he wept because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look therein. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And you and I, we're going to see this happen. We're going to be there. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lord, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld. And I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. So when we look at this text, again, I, I want to remind you, everything you're reading, you will be there. You will either have died and gone on to be with the Lord, or you will have by then been raptured and caught up to be with the Lord. But you and I will see and experience all that's unfolding here. So when we look at the first five verses of the text I read to you, we find the part where the angel, this powerful angel, lifts up this book. And he asks, who can open this book? So right away, we understand that the angels themselves are helpless. They can't open the book. Look again at verse 2. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose these seals? Who's, who's worthy to open this book of the future to loose the seals that will unleash the events of the future? Who's worthy? Not the powerful angels. 
in all their power, in all their might, in all their ability, in all their miraculous creation. Because angels are a miraculous creature created uniquely different than you and I. You may think to yourself, well, how powerful is an angel? We, we read in the Old Testament where the angels slayed armies. We read in the scriptures where God gives a message to an angel and in an instant from heaven above, from heaven itself, from the throne of God, they're here to do the beckoning of God. They're not like you and I, but they're not able to open these, this book. They're not, they're not able to unleash the events of the book of Revelation to unfold. So this angel cries out, who? Who is, who is able? In verse 3 it says, And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, which is hell itself, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. So all of a sudden we realize that the all of humanity, all of humanity past, all of humanity present, all of humanity future, because by the time you're at this place, humanity's involved and it's coming, it's rushing towards the end of humanity as we know it. And it says nobody, nobody in heaven, so it makes us step back and say, well, who is in heaven that we would think could step up? Maybe, maybe somebody of great spiritual knowledge, like the patriarchs of old, could they raise their hand and say, I'm Abraham. I can go ahead and... No, Abraham can't. All the prophets. Think of the great prophets of old who had sensed the stirring and moving of God, who even penned the books of old. Not one of them is able to raise their hand. What about the priests? What about the Levitical priesthood? What about the, the head priests that came and went into the very holy of the holies? They're into the very presence of God. Not one of them is able to raise his hand and say, I can, give me the book. Even the apostles. Even the men who Jesus walked with upon this earth. Even those men who heard and saw all that Jesus did, his miracles, even his sacrifice, even his resurrection, even the 12 apostles, you do not see even one of them try to raise their hand and say yes. Even bold Peter, who absolutely got himself in all kinds of trouble all the time for opening his mouth when he shouldn't. Even he sits there silent. He knows he is not worthy. But it tells us everybody in heaven, nobody, nobody steps up and says, yeah, I'm worthy. He says in the earth, everybody at that time alive. So somehow this proclamation goes out in this future heavenly time. And this proclamation goes out by this powerful angel. Who is worthy? In all the heavens, nobody, no angel, no person is worthy. But how about on all the earth? What about all the industrialists who, who are making things and creating things? And they're movers and shakers. They're powerful people. They buy and they sell. They, they dicker 
and they go ahead and, and work with others to, to have amazing things accomplished around the world. But not one of them is able to open this book. What about the politicians? I mean, they are slick. Wouldn't you expect that one politician would say, oh yeah, I can. Give me, let me... I promise you I will open that book and I will give to every single one of you, blah, 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 blah. Isn't it amazing that not even a politician raises his hand? Nobody. Nobody on the earth. All the religious leaders, the generals who have power over armies and in people's lives, the scientists who say they know everything. Not one of them raises their hand. And what's really amazing in the day and age we live, not one talking head raises his hand. Not one television figure. Not one Hollywood star. Not one athlete who comes before the cameras and tells you and I what we should think and what we should do. Not one of them is worthy to say they can open the book. It says nobody on the entire earth is able to do that. But he doesn't stop there. Look again with me at verse, at verse 3 of Revelation 5. He says, And no man in heaven, nor in earth, nor under the earth. So think with me for a moment of the men and women in hell who thought they could do anything. Invincible, all-powerful. Attila the Hun, he was called the Khan of Hun, for 20 years ravaged and killed thousands and thousands of people. Idi Amin Dara, who was the president in Uganda, he killed half a million of his citizens through his own power. Through his, through his word, his action, his motion, as a dictator, a half a million people. Wouldn't you think that he would think himself so powerful, so powerful that he could take the lives of a half a million of innocent people. He had the power to snuff their lives out. But he's silent. Because in hell he knows he has no right, no power, no influence to touch to open this book. Pol Pot, who was over the Khmer Rouge at the end of the Vietnam War in Cambodia, he killed uh, one-third in the killing fields, one-third of all the population in Cambodia in his reign. That's a lot of people. Think about where you live. Think of a third. Somebody having the power, the influence, the audacity, the cruelty, the insanity to lead the massacre of a third of your people. And all of those men pale compared to Stalin. Stalin in his lifetime, it is believed, killed 60 million people in the Soviet Union. That is beyond comprehension. But these men were all so powerful that at their whim, at their, their 
wave of the hand. They could have whole towns, whole villages wiped off the face of the earth. With all their arrogancy, all the insane power that they had in their lifetime, from hell they cannot even voice to say, yeah, give me the book. They can't. Because they are not worthy. God says from heaven, from earth, and from under the earth. There is no man, nobody, who is able to open the book that would break the seals of the events of the future. Only one is able. And that brings us to verses 5 and 6 of Revelation chapter 5. It says, And one of the elders said unto me, Stop weeping, John. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And John, and you, and me, because we're going to see. Behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as that lamb had been slain, having seven horns, which, are, which is perfect power. The number of seven represents perfection. And here, he has perfect power because he is God. It says he has seven horns. And then this is so interesting. Listen to what it says. And he has seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And I have written off to the side of that Isaiah 11, verse 2. Let's go there. Let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. But we're going to read verses 1 down through 4. Because this text is just a phenomenal text in understanding the seven eyes. The seven spirit of God going forth. The work of the Holy Spirit upon the earth. Listen to what it says as we come to Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 down through 4. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Didn't we just read that in the book of Revelation? Just referenced that, didn't it? Because we're talking about the same person, both Old Testament and New Testament. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom, understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. So here we get a glimpse as we look back into the Old Testament into Isaiah chapter 11, and we find this link concerning that, that rod of Jesse, that link to the Lamb of God, all the way from Isaiah, 
all the way to the book of Revelation chapter 5. And here we are faced with this book that this powerful angel is holding up, asking, is there anybody who can open this book? Yes. The Lamb of God. The one born of the line of Jesse. The one talked about in Isaiah chapter 11. The one who has all power, every knee shall bow, every mouth shall confess. He is God in the flesh, come to die for your sins and mine. Seven horns, perfect power, but seven eyes. And those seven eyes represent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit going out into the world. So what are these seven spirits? He lists them out for us. The work of the Holy Spirit going out as the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of the fear of the Lord or reverence, and the spirit of quick understanding unto righteousness. So as we look at this, we understand that these incredible events that are going to take place in the future, and you and I will be there. We'll see this Lamb of God. We will see the Lord Jesus Christ there upon the throne. We'll see him take the book. All the symbolism of his power, all the symbolism of his spirit going around the world and doing the work of the Holy Spirit. And he steps up and he takes the book. But it is interesting the way as we continue down through our text in Revelation. Look with me back over in Revelation chapter 5. Because I want to remind you that we are there. And it talks about us. Doesn't name us. Doesn't say Patty Fairbrother. It doesn't say you. In our text here, it doesn't say anything about, about Doris or Andre. Maybe Kim, I didn't look to see, but I don't think so. But yet, it's we are talked about here. Look with me if you would. Chapter 5, verse 7, listen to what it says. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Having every one of them harps. Now listen, this is the key part. Golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of what? Saints. The prayers of the saints. How many of you have ever prayed? If you've ever prayed, raise your hand. Put your hand right up. Because I want to see who's never prayed because I'll work with you. <laughs> if you have ever prayed, you're right there in that verse. You're right there. He says, all of a sudden, our prayers, there in, that, in those golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints, there's our voice, there's our prayers. But this is not the end of it. Look, look what he goes on to say. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. 
You and I are there. We're part of every kindred, every tongue, every people, every nation. We're there. So maybe, maybe in your lifetime here on earth, you spoke English. Maybe you spoke Spanish. Maybe you spoke Swahili. Maybe you spoke Portuguese. But when we get to heaven, man, we are singing a new song. And we're all singing together. And we're there when the Lord Jesus Christ takes this book. Now, we either got there by rapture or by death. But by one or another, we're there. And it is so interesting when we look at the prayers of the saints. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. Because I want you to see that you, you and I, we play a role in these end time events. Our... Our voice matters. Our prayers matter. Look at what it says. Chapter 8, verses 3 on down. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, a censer, a basin a, a, it, full of incense. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So he takes all the prayers of all the saints and it becomes this incense in this golden basin with the incense coming up. Verse 4, and the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. But listen, and the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. So this angel takes of the prayers of the saints, the ambers of that incense glowing, and he puts it in this basin to, to cast upon the earth. And there, your voices of prayer go forth as thunderings and lightnings upon the earth. We are there. Our prayers are there. We are a part of these end time events. That which we pray now is there. It's part of that incense that comes before God, that is brought before him as an offering. It's incredible to think that our little lives, whether we live to be five months old or 150 years old, our little lives are part of the big picture. And we're referenced and we're talked about. But we must never think ourselves to be more than we are. We are simply the saints. Nobody's worthy but the Lamb. They hold up the book. Nobody. No priest, no prophet, no pope. No dictator, no president, no Caesar. No philosopher, scientist, industrialist. Nobody is able but the Lamb of God. You and I are there and we are apart. But only he can open the book. 
So when we get there and all this starts unfolding, let's try to hook up. Let's, let's, hide, let's see if we can't reach out. Let's, I don't know whether they're going to have cell phones there, but let's put together a little list. You know, I, I don't know what's going to be there, but maybe we can reach out and say, hey, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening right now. Just so that we can all kind of connect. I don't know how that can work out, but maybe it can. Amen? Amen. But we're going to be there. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get ready to be dismissed. Thank you so much for coming and being in the Lord's house. Uh, pray for Sandra, Joe, and I tonight. We're going to, as soon as we're done services, we're going to head over to Joy's because I'm going over to get the big bouncy house so that on the 24th, we can have a bouncy house. Joe and Joy own their own bouncy house and we're going to get that for, for that. Uh, I didn't even tell the deacons that. If you guys want to drive over and get it so I don't have to, it's okay. But I'd like to go see my daughter. <laughs> You'll let me? Okay, great. Thanks. So we're going to shoot over. We're going to get that bouncy house. Uh, this week I ordered it. Well, I didn't order it. There was a guy selling an industrial grade workbench. Uh, and so I had Joe buy it for us. It's used. It's going to go up in our garage up here in the little workshop. It's a really good heavy, heavy duty workbench. Because who in the world knows who's going to be working back there? Could be some big, huge, mighty guy need a good heavy industrial workbench in case Sam is back there working, you know. So we're going to pick that up. Different things. But pray for Sandra, Joe, and I as we shoot over there and come back tomorrow that we have a safe trip. And that Sandra, Joe's breathing does well. Thank you so much for coming out to the Lord's house tonight. And I look forward to the day when we're all in glory and we can reminisce. Amen? Amen. Never mind 35 years. We talk about the whole thing. Hundreds of years. Let's have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come and gather together. And Lord, we thank you for the promises of your book and the anticipation of the exciting things that you have for the heavenly host. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to look around in the world we live in. Help us to have enough compassion for the lost to share with them the hope that can only be found in the Lamb of God. Thank you. We praise you. In Christ's name, amen.